He's the Lord of all. Can I get an amen tonight? Y'all can be seated. I did not receive the opportunity to welcome our online guests, um, guests, family, friends. Thank you for tuning in tonight. And for all of you beautiful, amazing people in the room, thank you for being here tonight. Don't want to move forward without giving honor to the spiritual parents of this church, who is Pastor Rick and Miss Diane. Um, if you're able to watch, well, I know you're watching. <laughs> we love you so much. We hope that you're enjoying your time. Um, just know you've done well, that you can go out and take a break and you left people here to take care of things. So we want you to know, please just get your rest and come back fresh and ready, just like I said Sunday, to step on Satan's head. Can I get amen? Yeah. Awesome. Love our pastors. Um, I've learned a lot from them both. Um, I, I started talking to my wife the other day. I was like, wow, we moved back here um, May 2013. I was like, Wow. That was a long time ago. <laughs> I had no gray hair then. Um, oh, but what life can do. My good friends, Roger and Marsha, are here. Let's give them a hand. It's good to see you both. Y'all came to church matching, making all the other couples look bad. <laughs> it's always a joy to see you both. Um, oh, yeah. Let's make sure we connect before you leave. It's good to see you. Alrighty, um, I told Sharon I have on my teacher hat tonight because I want to teach, you know, a little bit. Sunday, you heard the preacher. Um, that's my mom all the way. Today, I'm James Glenn. <laughs> a little more teacher-preacher type of mood. Um, if you haven't had the opportunity to hear Sunday's message, um, I promise you I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I do believe it was from the throne room of God. Um, so please go and listen to it. Um, you know, even if you miss a service period, just make sure that you go back, listen to pastors or sermons. Um, this is going to be a little bit different than our normal Wednesday services. Normally, pastor preaches on the end times. He's been doing a great job. I've only missed one because of vacation. Um, so if you want to learn more about the end times and what the word of God says about it, not um, the history channel, um, you might want to, um, to tune in and see where Pastor's been going with it. So tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a little detour, and I want to talk about dreams. Um, dreams is something, you know, like not often taught or spoken about, um, but I am one who the Lord has given dreams. Um, I remember... At the age of around 21, praying to the Lord, Lord, please speak to me in dreams. Um, not really knowing that he would do it, but he actually did. Y'all give me a quick second here. Did it happen? Nope. There we go. Y'all can clap for me if you want to. <laughs> oh, wow. It has been a week. Um, work has been amazing. Um, 
I have a paper due tonight that I haven't started yet. Um, got a paper due tomorrow that I haven't started yet. Um, but we're going to focus on the Lord tonight. Amen. <laughs> Whew, hallelujah. Pastor, come back. Thank you. Um, all right. So when I talk about dreams, I want you to understand that I am not the guru of all of this, right? Um, you probably can do, you know, there's probably some great theologians out there who would tell you, you know, exactly where dreams are when it comes to the gifts and things of that nature. I know exactly how the Lord has used me with them, and I want to talk to you a little bit about that. So when you think of dreams, um, well, first of all, the Lord communicates to us. Can I get an amen? amen. Um, and human thinking comes in sometimes, and we assume that he only talks to us when we're awake. I am not under that thought process. Um, I believe that the Lord, 24 hours a day, speaks to us, and we either have the opportunity to put ourselves in positions to listen, or you need to do something to get the world out of your spiritual ears so you can hear it. He's always speaking. I remember my father told me once, um, I was like, Dad, God keeps on waking me up at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. He said, yeah, you know why? You're not listening during the day. Right? So if I can't get you during the day, I'm going to wake you up when you have no choice. You're asleep. Joni. He's done it over and over again. So guess what? I've just decided to listen all day. And he speaks. And one of the ways that he has spoken to me is in dreams. And this is biblical. Um, and so I want to go to, to Joel 2 and 28. If you have your Bibles, it's going to be up there, but I'm also going to read it to you. Joel 2 and 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old man shall dream dreams, and your young man shall see visions. I am not an old man, but I dream dreams. Nor do you have to be a man to dream dreams. All right? God is not a sexist God, I promise you. Um, he will pour out his spirit on you, on me, no matter what coach you are, no matter how tall, no matter how much money you got, that does not, listen, earthly things doesn't dictate God's ability to pour out his spirit on you, okay? So for some reason, one of God's communications to me is speaking to me during dreams. How do we, or where do we see that um, I'm in the Bible, so you don't think I'm some soothsayer or something crazy? Um, Matthew 2 and 13 we all know the story of Jesus being born, um, you know, to Mary and Joseph. But when something was about to happen, you know, Mary and Joseph didn't know that the King Herod had made this proclamation that all firstborn boys at the time would be killed. So how did God communicate to Joseph in this verse, um, Matthew 2 and 13? Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and, say, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So there's proof in the Bible, even with the whole concept of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that God uses dreams to communicate important things, important matters, like the life of his son, Jesus, okay? And there's examples over and over in the Bible of men and women having dreams. 
And um, I also want to say this. Uh, there's examples in the Bible of also of men of God being able to interpret dreams. My pastor's wife in Minneapolis, um, you know, I spoke to her about a dream that I had. And she went, no, 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 no. Don't tell me. I don't want to give you a misinterpretation. I said, what do you mean? She said, the same guy that gave you the dream can also give you the interpretation if you ask him. I went, oh. Because I was always running after men and women to try to tell me what my dream meant, but the same God that gave me the dream can also give me the interpretation. Where do we see that? Daniel. Daniel had dreams. Daniel knew exactly what the dreams meant. God even used Daniel to go to a wicked king and to tell the king what his dream meant. Where else did we see that in the Bible? We see that with Joseph in the Bible. God gave Joseph dreams as a young man. And then even in a prison cell, God led him to understand the dreams of another wicked king that led to, you know, the reason why he was created. So there's all throughout the Bible, you know, I'm setting this up, all throughout the Bible you see people being used in their dreams. Now, are all dreams from God? No. Some dreams come from your steak dinner that you ate at 10.30 p.m. Or some dreams come from just the series you've been watching on Netflix or whatever streaming service that you had. Um, I, when I have a dream, when I wake up, I take my dreams through a list. First, is it biblical? Because if my dream is not biblical or spiritually sound, it's not from the Lord. The Lord is not going to give you a dream that brings you new revelation that's not already in the Bible. That's real life. Um, that's how cults start. That's how new religions start. People have dreams, believe their own height, and they start moving. No. All right? So it's very, very important that you have checks and balances when you are determining if your dream is from the throne room of heaven or not. And all, if, if, if you, like for example, I have a dream, I go through my checklist, and then if the Lord doesn't give me the interpretation, my next step is my spiritual father in this house is Pastor Rick. If I can't get Pastor Rick, I'll call my father. And at a certain point in my late 20s, I realized my sister has the gift of interpreting dreams. So if I can't Find Pastor Rick. If I can't find my dad, my big sister is on target every single time. All right? Don't tell everybody your dreams. Don't get interpretations from um, homeboy down the street. You want to go to a spiritually minded individual that you have spiritually given them the permission to hear from God on your behalf. Connie Lauer is one of those people in this room for me. And one of the things I do also, I say, Lord, who do you want me to contact? And sometimes, you know, like I told Sharon, sometimes it's my mom. Sometimes it could be Connie. Sometimes the Lord say, talk to Alice. And literally every time the interpretation comes out to exactly what I need to hear. So we have established that God can use dreams, right? In Joel, man, old man, dream dreams, Okay. Um, so it happens. But I also want to remind you of Proverbs 3, 5, because the enemy can also bring confusion if you don't do this right. Um, 
and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge God, and he will direct your path. So if I, listen, I had a crazy dream. I think God told me to start a church. I'm just going to go and get alone and start a church. Whoa, hold up, stop, quit. Oh, talk to somebody. Go to your spiritual leaders. Um, Because what I've learned about God also, he doesn't tell you everything in the dream. He gives you a dream to make you come back to ask him more questions about timing. Right? There's a lot of beautiful Holy Ghost ideas that's out of timing. And guess what? They don't work. They destroy families. But God, this was your thought, but you didn't check in for timing. That was a little bit too preachy. I'm sorry I'm teaching tonight. Um, forgive me. I want, I want to transition here. Dreams of warning that lead to warfare. This was a couple of years ago. I had a dream um, that I was in my sister's house in Greensboro, North Carolina. When I have dreams, I smell, I see colors. I don't have black and white dreams like some people say they do. So I'm in my sister's house. I go to their master bedroom, and there's blood everywhere, bright, bright red everywhere. And my little sister is screaming at the top of her lungs like they even killed the baby. And I'm like, what? And I just feel sorrow like in the middle of my dream, and I woke up. And I was like, somebody murdered my sister, and my sister was pregnant, and the baby. And before I can ask the Lord who to call, I felt, call mom. Now, mom is not on my list of people that I would normally call when I have a dream that I don't know what it's about. So I knew it was the Lord. I called my mom. My mom, if you, if you don't know her, she is like spiritually activated instantly. So I told her she would, yeah, what about my instantly she went to the spirit. Bop. We start praying, and her and I on that phone, we begin to, to bind the spirit of death. We begin to speak life over my sister. I mean, like we didn't know what was going on, right? Months later, about six more months, I'm driving to church. I get a text. My mom just happens to be in North Carolina. My sister goes into labor and is losing a massive amount of blood. The doctor comes to my brother-in-law and my mother and says she is, if she loses any more blood, she's going to die, her and the baby. My mother is in the room and gets triggered by the Lord saying, y'all already covered this six months ago. My mother texts me and told me what was going on. I start crying because, you know, that's, that's my sister. It didn't hit me yet that we prayed about this months ago. And I remember instantly, you know, I told you on Sunday, the Lord sings to me. The Lord all of a sudden starts singing to me, I got peace like a river. And it just calmed my soul. And then my mother called screaming, baby is good. Because remember your dream? And I went, we prayed about this six months ago. My beautiful niece is now five. My sister's healthy, still leading worship at her church in Greensboro. So God can give you dreams of warning that lead you to warfare. 
Why is it so? Listen, I prayed a random prayer in my early 20s. Lord, speak to me in my dreams. But God does things to make sure that we are moving to action. He's the God of everything, right? He could have come in and he could have just healed my sister, but he wants to use his men and women on the ground that he calls his children to do the things of heaven. So if I give my son a dream, he would know it's from me. He would know it's a warning and he would begin to act. Some of y'all having dreams, y'all don't realize it's God and y'all missing opportunities for warfare. What about dreams? of decisions that lead to your Nineveh. What, 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 is, what is that? Nineveh, all right? We all know about Jonah, right? Nineveh was a place God told Jonah to go, so any other place outside of Nineveh was disobedient, okay? I am convinced, God told me this years ago, that we all have a Nineveh, and once he told you where to go, that's where you need to be. That's your Nineveh. Anywhere outside of that is living in disobedience, Okay? So sometimes God gives you dreams about where your Nineveh is. Some of you may have heard this story before. In 2008, I've moved back from the Dominican Republic. My cousin Brian Pruitt double-booked himself. He was supposed to preach here. He asked me to come in here and preach. So my first communication, it was like, I think like June 14th or 15th, 16th, around that time, 2008. I walked in these doors for the first time. It felt like home. I couldn't. You know, I couldn't get that feeling off of me. It felt like home. First time ever been in this church. I preached in a youth room that used to be over here then. Um, and Pastor Randy told me, I want you to become my intern making $500 a month. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, uh, that's not the Lord. <laughs> I know him. He wants me to make thousands of dollars. There's no way he told me to come to this church in the middle of a cornfield, in the middle of nowhere. To make $500 a month. There's no way. Right? I literally told my dad, God would, <laughs> I said, Dad, God would have to crack the sky. And in his deep voice told me, go. That night, I had a, I had a dream. I was in my house, my parents' house. I was in their living room. Man, God, it's hilarious. I was in the living room, and all the elders of this church were here. You know what's crazy? I didn't know who the elders of the church were then. God is hilarious. He does things to make sure you know it's him. Oh, this is, you know, everybody was there. Um, Will, Connie, Chuck, his wife, Richard, like everybody was in my parents' living room. I was talking to Pastor Randy, and he fell and began to wither in front of me. And I jumped on top of him. I said, somebody help. Somebody call 911, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, you know, so, like, everyone started praying, hovering around. And for people who know the history of the church, God showed me that before all of that happened. Crazy. So I woke up, and I went, what the heck was that? The Lord I already gave me an interpretation of it. It was like, you need to go and help Pastor Randy. And I went, mm-mm, that wasn't you. $500 a month ain't you, Lord. That is not you. I told you Sunday that one of my cycles was always money, right? Making decisions about money was always one of my things. Still is at 40. God's still working on me. Don't worry. Um, I called my little sister. My little sister loves money as much as I do. I knew who to call. Call him Patty. Rung her up. 
I told her a dream. I was like, man, God don't want me. And she said, well, it seems like God wants you to move to St. Louis, Michigan. I was like, oh, you betrayer. <laughs> so God showed me my Nineveh. And I walked. And today is proof of that obedience. Let me take you down a quick rabbit hole. I obeyed that dream, that direction. Months later, the door opened for me to get my master's from free from Central Michigan University. Months later, I proposed to my wife. A year or two later, I graduated with my master's. We left, went to Minneapolis. Pastor Rick found out who I was. We came back to the church. God opened up another door to return back to CMU. I'm now getting my doctorate degree for free. All because I obeyed something that made no sense, but it came to me in a dream. God has a way even using dreams to catapult you to your Nineveh. I had a job offer in Baltimore I could have taken. My mother looked at me and she said, they're giving you 45 grand to teach a year. I don't know if it's the Lord for you to go to the other church. My dad looked at me and, she's, and he said, if God speaks, you go. And this is where I am today. Okay? So God can speak in a dream that leads you to your Nineveh. Somebody say dreams. dreams. Somebody say dreams. dreams. Dreams can also be used for direction. What do I do? 2006, I moved to another country. I moved to the Dominican Republic, a place that wasn't my own. And I remember I was very, very, you know, I was, I was coming into my being spiritually led time. I was 26, and I was like, I don't want to make any decision without you, Lord. And I remember having a conversation, Lord, I don't know how long you want me to stay here. I said, it would be nice if you told me that night. I had a dream. I, I'm sitting on my bed. I'm like looking at myself. He does that a lot to me. It's hilarious. I'm looking at myself in my dream. And I'm on my bed. And from heaven, a piece of paper just starts falling down. I picked it up. It said three years. And I woke up. <laughs> I literally was in the country almost three years, but everything I did was three. I taught three subjects. I lived in three different locations. Like everything, when I look back, I said, okay, Lord, you're, you're hilarious. Okay? And I even was going, <laughs> I was going to try to stay a fourth year. I was. All right? I wasn't thinking about the random dream of the letter flying from heaven. My mother randomly called me. She said, yeah, the Lord says time for you to come home. I said, ooh, ooh, okay, fine. You know, my parents have a way of not waiting for my rebuttal. They just hang up. <laughs> parents in here probably do it. Hey, son, yeah, God said this. I love you. Boom. No rebuttal. Take it or leave it. And now I'm home. Next. God gives you dreams of answer prayer. That leads to peace. Um, I can't remember what transition it was, but in my early 20s, I was having issues with 
I'm not going to heaven. Um, you've heard me talk about from age 18 to around 23, I lived a very interesting life that was not biblical, but not how I was raised, um, drinking, smoking stuff I shouldn't smoke, on and on and on. Just bad decisions. So, thank you, Lord. It was around 21. And my appendix just burst in church, near-death experience. That's what it was. Thank you, Lord. And I was just like, man, if I would have been taken out at that moment, I don't know if I would have gone to heaven. Because I was living a crazy life, knowing the Lord, just making horrible decisions. I remember praying to the Lord. I said, you're going to have to tell me that we good. Because my last three years have been horrible. And I don't know if you can forgive someone like that because I'm not a sinner. I know you, and I still made these decisions. That night, <laughs> I had a dream. I never had a dream. I've only had two dreams of heaven. This was my first one. I came out of these clouds, right? So I, I, I fly up through the clouds to these beautiful marble steps. So just imagine white clouds. I come up marble steps. I step two or three steps, and I look up. Jesus is at the top of the marble steps talking to someone. And he stops, and he sees me, and he starts running down the steps at me. And I'm just like, whoa. Uh, uh. <laughs> and he picks me up, and we just start flying. And at that moment in my dream, I felt peace. I was in the arms of Jesus. And I woke up, and I've never questioned my destination after that. So God can give you dreams of answered prayer that leads to peace. I'm trying to think if I should tell you the other one. Yeah, y'all like stories. My aunt, who is now with the Lord, was battling cancer heavily. And my uncle called me and say, pray for your aunt. Boom, 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 boom. I prayed. And that night, I had a dream. I've noticed that the Lord uses my parents' living room a lot for the placement of a lot of my dreams that are from him. It's weird. I haven't lived at home in years since 2002, and that's been the place. So I'm in my parents' living room, and I'm seated here and around me, around my parents' living room, are all of these people staring at me. And some of them have blurry faces, but some of them I can see their face. And I recognize them as family members. And next, it's, it was, oh man, this is crazy. I'm looking over, my grandmother catches my eye, and as I'm going, she said, you're not going to say hi? I went, hey grandma. She said, good to see you too. I went, Okay. Good to see you, too. And I panned over, and I see my aunt sitting two people away from my grandmother. And I see my dad and my uncle blurry, praying over her, praying over her. And she looks at them, and she says, stop. And I woke up. I went, what was that? And the Lord said, that was your generations. Who you recognize is who you knew. See, but literally God was like, that's the assembly that roots you on. I was like, ooh. And then a couple of days, so, so I told my dad, I said, I, I don't think Aunt 
gonna make it. He said, like, why would you say that? I was like, I, I'm just gonna give you what I heard. And I told him the dream, he was like, oh, well don't tell your uncle that. <laughs> and two days later, she was with the Lord, All right? It's not always, you know, um, I wasn't led to tell my uncle that. Like maybe that was just the Lord giving me peace about my aunt's transition. But the fact that he allowed me to see a glimpse of my, the generations, I, I, some people say, well, what would heaven be like? You know, would I know people? I don't know. Why would God show me the generations past? And I'm kind of convinced they know what I'm doing for the kingdom right now. You know what I mean? Nor do we need to stop and think about it either, right? But I just know what I think I know. How about that? Y'all going to like this one. Dreams that God give you and the plan is to make you better by making you tell the truth. Y'all like, what? Listen to this. This one is, he set me up like, he's never done this before. Well, he's never done it before or after this. All right. So Alice and I are engaged. We're close to be married. And she was at my house in Saginaw for some reason, so she slept in my room. I was on the couch. That night, I had a dream. The Lord hovered me into a bar in New York, and Alice was sitting at the bar with a dude named Daniel. I just knew it, what his name was, and they kissed. I woke up. I said, how dare her? And I knew it deepens. I mean, I know when it's God. I said, this happened. It was 7 o'clock in the morning. I knew she was up working. I walked in my room. I said, hey, babe, how many people have you kissed in your lifetime? She was like, what? Three. I said, I know of Josiah, and I know of me. Who else? And she stopped, and she looked at me. She said, a a guy named Daniel? I knew it. I said, the Lord gave me a dream, and I'm going off on her, right? She's crying, and I'm crying. I'm just like, how could you do this to me, blah, 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 blah. And the Lord was like, you didn't tell her about Lourdes. I was like, and I stopped crying. She's still crying, and and then she says to me, I'm so glad we can get married with no more secrets. (laughs) And I sit there, I'm like, Lord, you, mm, mm, mm. I said, well, Alice, um, uh, you're right, but I got to tell you something. She perked up. She's like, what? I said, when I was in the Dominican Republic, there was an old lady by the name of Lourdes de la Cruz. And yeah, and I told her, and it was just like the Lord going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> We would have both gone into our marriage with a secret. And the Lord gave me a dream because he knew I'm pigheaded sometimes. And I was, he, I used that ammo against Alice. And the whole time the Lord was like, oh, just wait for it, wait for it, wait for it. Now you tell the truth. So we literally got married with no secrets. And the Lord set it all up. Um, thank God he hasn't done that to me after that. Um, but Yeah. And the dude name was Daniel, too. How crazy is that? Listen, I, the Lord is amazing. Um, if I wasn't a Christian, I would think I was crazy. 
I saw the bar. I could, I could literally tell Alice what she was wearing. I didn't because I would have freaked her out. Right? The Lord has already given me a photographic memory, meaning that's how I passed all my classes in college. I could stare at the pretest, whatever, and close my eyes during the test and see the whole test in my head. All right? So he's already set me up to have that type of whatever it is. Okay? I'm not a superhero, I promise. You can have this too. But the Lord um, sends me into rooms sometimes. I was in the Dominican Republic. I had a deep dream, and I flew into the bedroom of one of my students' mothers. She was on her knees praying to God, will you please heal me? You please heal me. And I woke up, and I didn't. And I said, Lord, this is weird. I can't call this woman and tell her. And he said, do it, do it, do it, do it. Like, it's kept on, kept on. Finally, I text Rachel, her daughter said, Rachel, um, I need you to call me, have your mother on speakerphone, and translate for me, right? Because she fluent Spanish speaker. And I said, last night, I felt the Spirit of the Lord. Boom. I said, last night, you were on your knees, on your bed. You were asking God, to, um, you know, to heal you. And, and in the back, I hear, glory a Dios, glory, glory. And, and like, I hear her shaking. And I said, I believe God will want you to know that not only this, has he heard your cry, that he's going to heal you from MS. It just came out. And she started screaming. Rachel started screaming. And I was like, ah, what just happened? <laughs> it happened the night before. And God brought it to me in a dream. You can't make this stuff up, people. Only because he knew the day after I was going to get into action and he was going to lead me to call Rachel. Wow. God did something that day. He proved to me that he can do some amazing things, but he proved to Rachel and Rachel's mom that he listens to prayer. All right. This last one, I... I I need to give you a disclaimer. Um, I told Pastor I was going to share it, but I also need to tell you that as it's, um, it's, a, it's a dream about the rapture, and I need to, you know, I, I need you to hear me say that I don't know what to believe, you know, like about the end, if it's pre this or whatever. Pastor's doing his job to teach me during these Wednesdays, so this dream doesn't say that I believe in anything. I'm just going to tell you the dream. And what I put in here in my notes was a dream that God gave me to stay prepared, which led to a deeper thought of life and death. Because we don't like to think about heaven and hell sometimes, right? It becomes an afterthought. Because if we go there, that means that we must understand that we have a place. And when we understand we have a place, that means mom and dad has a place. That means my brother and sisters have a place. That means my neighbors have a place. And then you go down, oh, I need to teach everyone the gospel. But then we don't. Right? So what this did was it made me more clear of what I need to be doing at Central Michigan University because that's where it took place. I was on the third floor of a university building. I can't tell you if it was central. It seemed in my dream that I was on a religious campus, like a cornerstone, hope. That's what it felt like, because in the middle of the campus was a huge ch 
church, and I want to say Lutheran church. I don't know. This is what I just feel. I'm in a classroom, but I'm in a meeting. I'm at this big table. I'm at the head of the table. It's people, and there's students there also. And to my left, I want y'all to imagine with me, is tall, big glass windows where you can see out to the courtyard, like you can see the campus. It's huge windows, right? So just imagine this door right here was a big window. The entire wall was a window. I'm sitting down in the middle of a meeting, and all of a sudden, me and another student stand up. It's like we felt something was coming. And we turned, which the Lord showed me. Oh, okay, I'm not, not going to tell you that. We got up, and we turned to the window, and we walked to the window. And all of a sudden, it got bright, 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 bright. We were gone. Our clothes dropped. This is a God thing. It's hilarious because the dream started over. Now I'm looking at it happen from outside the window. I see me and the student come up to the window, all right? And Jesus is in the bright light. And all of a sudden, I'm gone. And the Lord shows me the campus, students dropping around students that are still there. And they're looking around, the Lord panning me down, and he's taking me through the courtyard, and I'm recognizing students' faces who are still there. I recognize them as my own students. I can see their faces even now. And they, they're looking at each other, and they're gathering, and they all ran to the big Lutheran church. And the Lord woke me up. I was like, whoa, you're right. I got to do more on campus. I got to speak more truth on campus. And I got to make sure my students are prepared for your return. Listen, this, this dream is not pro anything or tribulation. This tri- the, the dream put my mind in a place where I need to make sure I'm not just there collecting a check. At Central Michigan University, if I'm truly supposed to be like Daniel and Babylon, it's my job to make sure that I'm praying in public. It's my job to make sure I'm speaking truth in public. It's my, it's my job to make sure that I'm assisting students so when Christ does arise, it's not just me standing up recognizing that he's coming or a student. It's a lot of students. Can I get an Amen. So again, come to Wednesday nights, find out, you know, you know, the revelation of the end times from pastor. I'm just giving you what the Lord has given me. God communicates in dreams. I could tell you dream after dream after dream after dream. And all of them are just quite amazing. And God continues. I told the Lord, I never want to stop being amazed. Oh, this is normal. It's amazing that he would give me a dream about somebody I haven't seen in years, and the next day we walk past each other. And I literally, I freaked, I freaked her out. I said, hey, what's going on? What can I pray for? She's like, how did you know I need a prayer? Well, the Lord put you in my head last night, and um, we need to pray. Or I remember the Lord um, gave me a dream that I was going to walk down to the cafeteria, literally walk into the calf, walk in the back, and pray for a lady's grandson. And the next day I said, okay, Lord, I really walked back. No one stopped me. 
No one said, hey, you don't work here. I walked right back, walked right up to Teresa. I said, I'm supposed to pray for you. What's going on? It's your grandson, right? She's, yeah. All right, we're going to pray right here. I felt, I, we're not going to go in the back room because in my, in my dream, we stood right here and I prayed for her. And she was just like, this is amazing. We were praying loud too. And a couple of people who were cutting tomatoes or something stopped them just like. <laughs> because what my daddy told me is true. When you obey the voice of God, the voice becomes louder. Some of you are saying, it's dull, I can't hear it. That means at some point you're not putting your place in the, in the position to be obedient to the voice of God. You listen, listen, God has given me things to do that has made no sense. And I think sometimes it was just a training for more stuff to come. I told you the story that, you know, I'm leaving Walmart at, you know, 11 p.m. And the Lord speaks to me and says, go and ask that older white lady if she wants to ride home. And I told the Lord, um, what? I'm a big black man at 11 p.m. I'm going to walk up to this older white lady and say, you want to ride? <laughs> if you watch Critical Mind, that's how every episode starts. <laughs> and then I told the Lord, my car is dirty. But at the whole time, I'm turning around and I'm walking towards the ladies, trying to smile my best. I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> and I walked up to her. I said, ma'am, you know, it's late. Do you need help getting home? And a bus is coming up. She's, oh no, honey, thank you so much. But my bus is right here. I'm like, oh, okay, have a good night. And I walked back. I said, Lord, that was you. And I was like, what's going on? And I told my dad, and my dad said, sometimes the Lord gives you missions just to obey, to train you, your ears. Train your ears. Tell God to speak to your dreams, to speak to you during the day. And don't put God in the box. He doesn't have to just give you dreams or visions or words about spiritual stuff. You heard me tell you the story when God told me after I got my oil changed to check my dipstick, and I didn't do it because I said, why would God talk to me about my oil? And it came out to be that they put no oil in my van, and because I didn't listen, I put my family in harm's way because Alice took the kids to Lansing, and in the middle of Lansing, the engine locked and they could have got an accident because I didn't listen to the Lord tell me to check my dipstick. We put God in the box like God can't speak to us about our finances, about our cars, about who we should date, about what we should do with our life. He is a God who wants to bring you warning. He's a God who wants to bring you direction. He wants you to know your Nineveh. He doesn't want to play chess with you. He wants you to know what tomorrow is. But you got to Listen and obey. So many dreams. So, and you know, I, I find that even when I'm in my word more, my dreams get even louder. With more direction. He gave me a dream one time about a gentleman that I used to lead worship with in college named Andy. I literally haven't seen this dude since 2005. And the Lord gave me a dream of him blaspheming the Lord. And I woke up and I felt, find him, find him. I'm over Facebook. I can't find him. I found a person that we used to worship with. Hey, do you? Oh, yeah, we talk to Andy all the time. Give me his number. I call Andy. He said, Joni, my brother. I said, stop talking. Listen, what is going on in your life that you, a preacher's son, will blaspheme God? He got quiet. He said, the church has rejected me, Joni. I'm like, why? Because I love people that they don't love. 
Talk to me about it. And he began to talk about blood. And I was able to pray over him and hopefully stop what the enemy had planned for his life. That all came from a dream. I'm nothing special. When it comes in the kingdom of heaven, we are all connected to the same source, meaning that if God wants to speak to you in your dreams, that even tonight it will happen. But we started off with a criteria. When you have it, because I believe that it will happen, when you have it, you make sure you take it through a criteria. Is it biblical? Is it spiritually sounded? If I don't understand what it is right now, I am going to take it to a spiritual leader in my life. I remember just the last one. Somebody, I forget who in my life, was extremely sick with cancer. And I was praying and nothing was happening. And I told, man, I, you know, I talk boldly to God sometimes. Um, you know, I try my best not to be disrespectful. I was like, Lord, I'm tired of praying prayers of healing and nothing happens. I said, Lord, I promise if you give me the gift of healing, I won't, um, you know, like I won't puff my head up, you know, like I won't sell it. You, you know, I like I want to be able to pray for my friends and my family and that they live like I was mad. And that night in a dream, I walked up to a factory and people were stealing PlayStation 4s and Xboxes out of the factory. And I walked in and I grabbed one and I walked out of the back door with like these three or four gentlemen. And I'm walking out and one of the gentlemen said, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't have to work for this gift. And I woke up and the Lord said, you trying to steal the gift or do you want to deserve the gift? I will also warn you, when you tell the Lord to speak truth to you, he going to give it. So this was my teaching moment tonight. It wasn't hooting, hollering. I barely put on a sweat. But I just wanted to express to you tonight that God speaks. He does it in the traditional sense. He does it through music, in the middle of the day, through people, through prayer, and also through dreams. And I believe in these end days, as we begin to pray for what direction we should take, I believe God is ready for us to check in. And if we open ourselves, I believe that the dreams that he give us can help dictate what we do in our families, our finances, our health, because he's a God who doesn't want to keep truth away from us. Father, we love you so much, Lord. Tonight was a little bit different. Me just telling stories of how you've led me. Lord, I know I'm not the only one who's a dreamer in this room. I pray that their dreams would be illuminated and that they would seek after you and ask for interpretation. And Father, when the enemy tries to come in and brings false interpretation, we thank you that you would make that clear. Um, and Lord, as you lead us from this moment today, and as you continue to speak to us to lead and guide our footsteps, may the truth of Proverbs 3 
rang true, that we won't lean on our own understanding, but always acknowledge you, and your word says that you would direct us. I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room, and for those who are watching on the stream live or who will watch it later. May we be a people that hear your voice and be led by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Wasn't a long night, but it was a full night. Um, if pastor is your spiritual father and, and you believe that you're hearing the Lord, it's very, very important that you always check in with your spiritual sources to make sure that what you think you're hearing from the Lord is sound. Um, but when you get used to God's voice, you have to also know you don't have to check in every time. My father had to put me in my place on that. The Lord told me not to travel to South Africa, and I called my dad, and I said, hey, I, the Lord told me this. What do you think? And my dad said, if the Lord told you, why are you calling me? Okay? So you do this until you are mature enough to hear the voice of God and know that it's him, just like I told you on Sunday about him telling me and Alice not to go to Denver. If I didn't know that that was definitely his voice, we would have went to Denver. Okay? So y'all be blessed. We hope to see you on Sunday. The man better known as Rick Lopez will be back on Sunday. Um, we're all excited for you to be back here on Sunday um, so I can just get back playing the piano. Hallelujah. But we love you, Pastor. We hope that you're enjoying yourself. And if you're watching, we love you too. Please stay tuned for our 714s in the morning. Please go ahead and check those out. Like the Zookers have been doing an amazing job. And please make sure that you're checking in with your brothers and sisters. Don't just come and see people on Sunday. Check in via text, via phone. Check in with the family. All right? We live in a trying time when the world is trying to separate us and make us be alone. This is more important for us to have community more than any other. If you don't believe me, just read Acts. They did everything together. They broke bread. They cleaned up. They ministered. Okay? And it was in the time of the Romans. It's even worse time than now. Okay? So if they can do it, then we can do it. Please text each other. Let's check in. Let's not be hermits. Let's not be separatists. Let's be a community of God that we are called to be. If y'all believe it, say amen. amen. Y'all have a blessed night.